1: Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom,
0: the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all, and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms Blog, here's your host, Denise Hanitka.
1: Chris Schlichting in the studio with us today.
0: Oh, we do. I feel going
1: like. <laughs> yeah, we're going now. Just relax. Okay, just sorry. relax. Roll sorry. with this.
0: <laughs> no three, two, one? Um, no,
1: there's no three, two, one. I think that you should be ready for anything that okay. I throw at you, okay? I'm upset because we have already had our first fight, Chris. <laughs> because I am excited that you're here in the studio, but I know you would rather be at Paula Sands Live.
0: <sighs> Look, I, I mean, no disrespect. It's just. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying things. I'm utilizing social right. media as best right. I can. No,
1: that's fine. That's fine. And I'm
0: proud to say that I got those 11 likes in the first hour. So
1: Good for you. Yeah. 11? S- so Did you say 11? I said 11 <laughs> likes.
0: I want to prove to everyone that my following is very strong. <laughs> they are. One like was me, but I don't think that matters.
1: What so. if Paula listens to this?
0: You think she is? I know. Okay. <laughs> I was mentioned on her show once that she loves me, but I've never been on.
1: Hmm. I feel like that's a little... Uh,
0: this is why I'm doing the podcast. Do yeah. you have any connections?
1: I have none. Okay. The only connection I have to her is that we have similar jobs. Okay. But less people watch me. Because <laughs> I've got
0: I've gotten phone calls from like... I don't want to say this out loud because nothing was true. But I mean, nothing really happened in stone. But like I, from Ellen DeGeneres and like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. I can't yet. I got to do Paul Sands yeah. first.
1: I'm totally I, gotta, I can't
0: skip a step. You yeah, know what, you what you I mean? You got to know
1: where you came from. Exactly. Okay. Chris, do you remember... Hey, I didn't even mention you're a stand-up comedian.
0: I, yeah, I guess. In the Quad Cities. You're <laughs> People also know a that, teacher, right?
1: <laughs> a dad, and we're going to get into all of it. I tried to do all my research on you, Chris, but okay. do you remember when we met? I do. Okay. Can I you do. tell the story from your perspective?
0: So it was...
1: <laughs> I and I'm specifically talking about when you met my
0: husband. Yes, who I thought... <laughs> Okay, we're on the same page here? Okay, uh-huh. This is so good. So I won, uh, it was for uh, Gilder, Gilder's Club, yeah. right? It was uh, I won a comedy contest for Gilder's Club, and I got to perform at the casino, opening up for uh, John, who's the... Dornboss. Dornboss, who's a fantastic uh, magician, played in the NFL briefly, and just an all-around nice guy. And so I was really excited to work with him. So I got 10 minutes before the show, and I actually, well, I should start over. <laughs> I've never really met this guy, but <laughs> right. I, I looked on some stuff, and you have, a hus- he was your husband at the yeah. time, right? Yeah, uh-huh. So I met your husband in the bathroom who looks very, come on, he looks very <laughs> similar <laughs> to John. Yes. And so I think I approached him and said, I was ex- I'm excited to work with yeah. you. <laughs> And I was like, did I make this guy mad already? Because he just looked at me. Because,
1: yeah, he was like, what is happening right now? This guy keeps <laughs> talking about, hey, hey, man, like, uh, you know, we're going to be working together tonight. Yeah. Like, I'm super excited.
0: <laughs> and he looked at and I'm like, oh, my God, I made this guy mad already, and I've never even done anything. Is it the mustache? Like, what? Holy cow. So... And then I found out it wasn't him, (laughs) but it was a good laugh, right? It
1: was so great. It was a great first impression to meet you and everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it because Turner comes back from the bathroom and he's like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. Some guy was in the bathroom talking about how he's super excited oh and like real jacked up. And I just kept looking at him. And I think he thinks I'm a total jerk now. I'm like, well, it sounds like you really
0: were. And that's why I was like slightly <laughs> off in my performance because I realized oh, Turner yeah, wasn't right. John. <laughs> I just see no, Turner just, glaring at me in the crowd. I know.
1: I know. So I did pull up that picture of Turner and John Dornboss the other day. And they look eerily similar. Thank you. It's really freaking. Thank you. <laughs> so that's fine. So, anywho, (laughs) um, so that's when I first got to see your work. Mm -hmm. And, um, all right, so you've been in the comedy game for a long time.
0: Uh, Yeah, I would say 13, 14 years. Mm, Cool. Whenever I do a show, though, and it doesn't go well and people ask me, I usually say it's my first time or two years. You know what I mean? But (laughs) I would say about 13 or 14 years. I started in college when I was, I believe, a sophomore. And it was just a way to kind of stand out because I played football in high school okay. and did all the the jock things. And that was kind of my way to shine because I always loved to be the center of attention in some capacity. And then when I got to college and sports wasn't in the picture anymore, I, was, I discovered comedy and fell in love with it. So I've been doing it ever since.
1: I want to dive totally into your comedy career, but we're going to start the way we start every podcast, um, four and a half minutes in. And that is with um, our, <laughs> we call it like our, our on a mother level moment. Cool. Okay? Love the name. Love the name. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so how did you take it to a mother level this week, Chris?
0: Uh, do you want the good story or this the bad is your story? Good stuff. This okay, is your, the good, your stuff. good stuff. Okay, yeah. you know what? I hate to be a cliche dad, but mm-hmm. I mention the sports and stuff. So I have twin boys that yeah. are ten years old, and they're very athletic, and they must get it for their mom because I was just a hard worker. I never really had the natural athletic ability. Okay, but these kids definitely do. I got a phone call from my boys' uh, school, and it was the gym teacher, and I was like, "Uh oh, this isn't good, right?" But he called to let me know that my son, Jonas, broke the pull-up record
1: for his
0: age group. He's in fifth grade, so he had the most pull-ups. I think he had something like 17 or 18, which I thought was incredible. (laughs) That's awesome. So proud. And then I I remember Jonas coming home, and he was so excited to tell me he had a little certificate. (laughs) And it was so great. And then it got awkward, though, because he was like, Dad, how many pull-ups did you do? and i quickly changed the subject to like how about some dinner yeah
1: did anybody want a goldfish <laughs> yes <pack?
0: laughs> yes i was really that ben arm hang that was a lifesaver <laughs> i could <laughs> hold on for a while
1: yeah but that I'm was just, the per- perk I'm of being a girl just so proud of
0: my boys for being uh, athletic you know what yeah. i mean and just I, I should say healthy and we can talk about that later yeah. you know to see how far they've come uh, just to see them on the football field baseball basketball and they just love it and it just makes me feel good cuz it's something for me to I try not to live vicariously through them, but yeah. it's kind of hard not to. You, you like to watch them and brag, hey, I'm, I made them.
1: <laughs> well, and as long as they love it, too. Exactly. You know?
0: And that's what I promised myself, unlike my father who coached me in everything, which I don't mind. I didn't mind. It was great. But with my my kids, I'm definitely trying to make it where they're going to have to earn it on their own. Yeah. I don't want to coach them. I'm just going to watch them afar. I'll coach them in the car, on the ride home, or to the games or practices, but I just really want to stay out of it. And that's just a choice that I made a long time ago. And I think they understand that. And, you know, there's some, they don't really respond well to me either. You know, it's kind of a, it's a different dynamic. So I think they definitely need a stranger or someone else in charge of their coaching.
1: So do you feel like your dad made you stay in sports longer than you would have chosen on your own? No, I don't
0: think it was any of that. There may have been maybe, never like from anybody else, but like maybe subconsciously, I always thought, did I earn this? Should I be playing second base right now? Should I be in the All-Stars? You know what I mean? So. So, uh, yeah, you had had coach's kid syndrome. A little bit. And I I don't think it was, uh, I don't think anyone else thought that because I was was fantastic (laughs) in every sport I played. But (laughs) I think there was a part of me that thought, you know what, am I getting a little favoritism from my dad? But there is a flip side of that coin, too, whenever I would <laughs> drop a fly ball, strike out, or, you know, um, fumble. Like, my dad would be the first one to ring me and chew me out. And and that's s- no fun. Yeah, Exactly. So that's a double-sided coin there.
1: So what's your screw-up from this week? Sometimes okay. we call it a mother flubber.
0: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I got another phone call um, from the school. So twice, you know, in the same week. Once was the good news. Um, My other son, so Jonas broke the pull-up record, and my other son apparently was doing a comedy act in the cafeteria, too, just like
1: like his dad. So
0: initially it's great, but then the principal told me that he was pretending that a french fry was, you know, his, according to the principal, (laughs) wiener, which... (laughs)
1: The principal said that yeah, word? Yes, So
0: I felt what? I couldn't stop laughing to myself, trying to hide it because I'm like, you're a professional. Well a
1: French fries <laughs> not that what really you're gonna a flattering
0: <laughs> depiction. And you're gonna right? go. I just thought it was funny that here's a professional <laughs> principal. Right. I had to say wiener out loud. I'm like, <laughs> is there another way we could do this? So I had to take <laughs> when Thomas got home. I had to explain to him that, you know, daddy works clean, daddy mm-hmm. doesn't, and daddy's also not a prop comic. You don't want to go the prop route. You don't right. want to be like Carrot Top. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I know exactly what he was experiencing. He was getting attention. yeah, And he was getting laughs. And trust me, I know that, I know that feeling. But nevertheless, he's at school. <laughs> so.
1: Is it so cool, though, seeing that in him, the, um, you know, just clearly he he admires you. Yes,
0: yes. And it was just uh it's so hard to explain, but it was just a poor choice, poor timing. Poor, yeah. uh, but nevertheless, that incident, along with so many other incidents, will be bits in my act. So that's that's the positive, I guess. And it's not the end of the world. And he felt bad. He yeah. knew that he messed up. But Oh, my gosh. Well, that
1: princ- the principal really gave you more stories than anything. Yeah, and
0: I just feel so bad for this young <laughs> professional. Them, this newer yours. principal <laughs> has to make this phone call and i'm just trying not to laugh and but nevertheless i do understand uh being a teacher also that you know we can't have that in the cafeteria right <laughs>
1: well no you ca- we can't and we trust cannot.
0: me i did bring up that the french fry was not the most flattering
1: yeah i mean he could have chosen <laughs> we could have waited t- yeah <laughs> we
0: don't even need to go there I mean, but yep. yeah no we don't have to we absolutely
1: don't have to that's not that's not what
0: we're here to do so positive and negatives of okay the <laughs> so
1: um Mine uh, all revolve around a little road trip that I took this weekend. Okay. So I am insanely lucky because I have all four of my grandparents. Okay. All of them are still alive. They live in um, the Chicago suburbs. And so we took a little road trip to see them. And so not only is it ridiculously cool that I have four grandparents, but that means my kids have... Four great grandparents. Oh, wow. And they adore them. And um, uh, my baba, who's my Ukrainian grandmother, that's what we call her, she just adores my little Everett. He's eight months old, and she just, like, loves these little babies, and she chases Abram around, even though she's, you know, 86 years old, and so it's it's just super, super cool uh-huh. to see, you know, them interact, and I hope, you know, they always say, like, I hope they'll remember me, and it's like, gosh, I really hope they will, too, <laughs> so, um, now, the the fail comes on the way home from that trip. We're driving down 88 and my Abram, who is three, he's potty trained, um, but he also is um, a real manipulator with the potty training okay. where he if he wants out of a situation like a stroller or he wants to get out of his car seat. I know where you're going. I got a potty. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, well and you're played. like, oh, <laughs> and you can't call their bluff because mm-hmm. that is a. Bad move. Oh, for sure. You never call their bluff, but <laughs> also sometimes you're driving down I 88 and there are long old stretches yep. where there's nowhere to go, <laughs> you know? So we're just driving down 88 and he's hollering about having to go potty and we didn't ask him the last time we stopped. Why? Yeah. Why, why, well, why, why didn't I? No, <laughs> I had to go inside and get candy, but I didn't ask my kitty if he had to potty. Yep. You know, so he's he's hollering in the back seat that he has to poop, mm-hmm. and we're like, buddy, like w- there's nowhere for us to go. <laughs> and meanwhile, my husband's like, we, like we gotta stop. What you know, we gotta pull over on the side of the road. And I said, I'm not pulling over and like having like a fatal accident just because this kid has to poop. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. So finally, he's really getting madder and madder back there, and he's he insists he has to poop. So I'm like, all right, we. I try to find the safest spot that I can to pull over. I pull over on the sign of I-88. I oh. oh my god! Yeah. And so we did the move where we open the passenger side door, <laughs> and Turner is holding up Abram by the like under the armpits, and Abram has his feet. You know, up on the side of the car. Okay. So we're like, you know, doing like an invisible toilet situation. And sure enough, he poops right there on the side of I-88. <laughs> and we had wipes ready and all's well that ends well. But the, the kicker that capped it all off is we get in the car and we're driving along. And I'm like, holy smokes. Like, God, this is parenting for real. Mm-hmm. We're driving down the road and then all of a sudden Abram goes, my poop is that way. We're like, Yes. It it is. (laughs) It, in fact, was that way. So I will always remember you, mile marker 54.
0: (laughs) Now, did you have to pay an extra toll for what he did? No, I don't think so. I don't
1: think so. I think it just returned to nature. (laughs) And um, it was not in my car seat, and it was not in anybody's pants. But it was a fail on multiple levels because, A, don't just stop and get yourself candy. You Mm -hmm. have to ask Mm -hmm. kids if they have to potty. And you cannot call their bluff.
0: That's a good point.
1: You can't. Anyway... So that's our on-a-mother-level moments for the week. The next thing I want to get into, and this is going to kind of drive us into the rest of our conversation, is uh, we do a little Moms in the Headlines segment. Okay. And so this time I pulled an article that was interesting to me because regular listeners of this podcast will know we talk a lot about postpartum depression. And so it's something that I went through whenever Everett was born. He's eight months old now. And um, so I guess overall, like, I feel better. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, it just... It just sucked for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I sort of accidentally came out and started talking about it on Facebook. And I, I just ever since then, it's um, led to a lot of people relating with that situation. So, anywho, I stumbled upon this article that talks about the idea that men get postpartum depression. And in their case, it's called paternal yep. postpartum. And the stats were like 1 in 10 men... Mm-hmm go through this situation. And it's very similar to women, irritability, fatigue. And this article says that it's because of male hormonal changes, even though they don't have... you know, the same, you know, body involvement as women do having a baby, I guess you guys still have all sorts of hormone mess going on.
0: Now that's, in for, uh, postpartum, that's like kind of the defining thing. Like your body just went through a major change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of out of whack and stuff. Right. Yeah. Just like
1: the chemicals surging around and yeah. And plus there's just the, um, on top of that, there's the, if there was like a traumatic, issue at birth or if baby's having trouble breastfeeding or different sorts of outside stressors also mm-hmm. can can contribute
0: is, is postpartum uh for women is that pretty common or like yeah. is there is there different degrees to it
1: i think i definitely think there's different degrees to it and i think it's it shows up in different ways so for me it was um like um uh, over the so- over the top responses to very normal stressors. You know, if something didn't go right, mm-hmm. I would be very angry or very sad, <laughs> as opposed to just you know rolling with the punches the way that I yeah. normally would have. Um, but for others, it can be just a little darker. There can be suicidal thoughts yeah, and things like that. It wasn't that. like that for me, but um, but truly, uh, people all over come up to me and say, "This is how it was for me," and it and it's. There's so many different stories, but I think the issue with the men is... It's so much more likely to be unnoticed because who's going to ask dad, like, yeah. hey, are you feeling depressed? Because I'm sorry. Like in the moments after <sighs> having a baby, I don't really care how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that.
0: It's funny when you <laughs> sent me this article and we talked a little bit about yeah. it. I, I immediately asked my wife and I asked her, I'm like, did, did you know that it happens in males, too, in the fathers? And she never heard of it. And I don't think she was being mean or anything. Right. But I never heard of it either. No. And then when I read the article, I, I was kind of flashing back. And I'm like, I may have had some of this to a degree. Um, but like you said, I think there was part of me where I just it couldn't be about me there. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, but I definitely think, um, plus, I was you know in the middle of a comedy career that I thought was blossoming. And all of a sudden, to have my life flipped upside down. It definitely put me in a bad spot. I could definitely see, because I I think I was the heaviest I've ever been. I think I was eating a lot of my feelings. Uh, When I go back and look at the pictures, I'm like, good Lord, I was really big. And I think part of it was I was stressing a lot. Um, And it just caught me off guard. I I remember kind of clarifying like this. I had that book, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, Mm -hmm. you know. and, And our pregnancy with the boys, the twins, happened so fast. I didn't even get a chance to read it. Okay. And so that's how I kind of clarified. I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was getting ready, but my boys were born three months early, and it just caught me off guard. Even when my wife went in, I thought it was just sort of a checkup. She was complaining of, like, cramps, and, you know, she said her stomach hurt and stuff, and I just thought it was routine. And I remember being in the, you know, the emergency room or the the hospital, and I went to go get a soda, and I came back, and next thing I know... I'm getting tossed a gown and, like, shoe covers and a hairnet, and they're like, yeah, we got to do this now. And I was just, it was probably the scariest moment of my life.
1: Okay, so three months early, is that 28 weeks?
0: Yes, 28 weeks.
1: Wow. So it
0: it just caught us all off guard. And my poor wife, you know, (laughs) she would probably get mad, but she was big. I mean, she was, you know, carrying these twins, (laughs) and so she was very uncomfortable, and... I don't know. Maybe it was a combination of we were just, we were stressed out. We were young, you know, teachers living in a pretty small house at the time. And just kind of, it just kind of caught us off guard. Yeah. Which may have led to the early pregnancy. But, you know, the daughter was early too. So it may be something that she just, that's what Emily does. She'll just have the kids early. (laughs) But I just remember it definitely caught me off guard. And, you know, I always say this too, Denise. I always say... So during she had emergency C-section mm-hmm. and we didn't even know what they were. I assumed girls cuz I grew up with two brothers okay. and I just assumed we would do I had name I was like Hannah, June, I had some great, Stella, I had some great names. And the first baby came out was Jonas, our baby B for baby A for a week, you know. Yeah. And he was crying. I'm like, "Oh, that's so great. We have a boy. That's that's so incredible. I did not expect this." And then Thomas came out, the next baby, but he wasn't crying. Okay. And so you know, I knew enough that something was wrong, so everyone was kind of gathered around jo uh, there were a couple nurses gathered around Jonas, and there was like way too many like gathered around Thomas so I remember thinking to myself, like I may not be ready to be a dad, but I'm not ready to raise one twin by by myself. You know what I mean yeah. I was like, this is too much, I yeah. can't do this, but at the same time i'm holding Emily's hand, you know, she's got that curtain where she can't see what's going on, and she is just, like, asking me what's wrong. I'm like, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And then... um But she knows. She's got to know your course. face. She
1: sees. Of course.
0: And I'm probably as white as a ghost, just nervous. But I'm trying to be strong for Emily, but I know something's wrong. And essentially what happened is Thomas Thomas was born not breathing, and the doctor had to resuscitate him, give him, like, emergency CPR, and then immediately got him out of there. And... My wife, who with the daughter had a natural pregnancy, was really gun ho about that, but this was just throwing her, you know, and my oh, yeah. wife's a firm believer, and as soon as that baby's born, you put that baby on me, I'm going to hold that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to imprint, you know, and uh, she didn't get to do that. So she had that epidural, which totally, She I remember her being so afraid, like, am I ever going to walk? Because it just numbs you from, like, the waist down, and uh, so we went up to... Went to the emergency room, I mean, to her room where Emily was, and she was like, you need to roll me down there. You need to call the nurse. I needed, so I was like, it's funny because, you know, as silly as that is, but that's how I fell in love with my wife because I met her teaching and I watched this lady teach these kids. So patient, you know, and just so caring. Wasn't even thinking about a family at the time, but I'm like, that's the kind of person I want to raise my kids. Aww. Just their so patience. And she just showed it there too. She's like, you need to roll me down <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I can see this baby. And yeah, but f- I mean, we were nowhere out of the woods after that. I mean, so it was tough to see him in the little incubators.
1: Well, okay. So tell everybody how small they were when they were born. So
0: Jonas, who was born first was, I think, like 3.1 pounds, some around there, and then Thomas was 2.7. I mean,
1: like, on on your hand, it like, was, how...
0: It was just, I mean, and that's just, that was the worst thing, is you couldn't even touch yeah. them, because their skin was, like, paper, yeah, and it would, like, shock them, and so the, we had all these rules, and it's, like, it's so, like, weird to even talk about it, because I'm almost, like numb to it. People ask me how I did it and I just, I don't know, it's just kind of all of a blur. Yeah. But I just remember little things like that just not knowing what to do and then we were we were in um, fight mode still, you know what I mean? Because now they were early and it felt like everything that could have gone wrong seemed to go wrong something in the heart didn't close up you know like a, a certain ventricle i, I wish i and it made me appreciate all these nurses and these doctors that just were so caring uh, the people at the nicu the nurses were so were so blessed to have them because they were so patient and so kind and explained everything but so were um, you
1: guys able to stay local, or did you have to go to Iowa City? We were City? always on
0: the cusp of going to Iowa City, okay. but we were like one of the first premies. Uh, at least I think twins that were they were here in okay. uh, Genesis East. Um, so basically, me and my wife would kind of switch off, um, and my my poor wife, you know, was breast. She had she was pumping constantly because God, that's just a she's soul a, sucking activity. Oh my, I know. And this and so we had. I remember we had to get a special little cooler because we had to get all this milk. You know, yeah. Um, and so she would sit up there, and I still remember that machine, that sound of that machine. But, I mean, we had to get that milk for them when they were ready. Um, but it was just like a constant, a lot of like a lot of days, I hate to think this, but I didn't know if they were going to make it. Really? Do you know what I mean? It was seemed like everything that could have went well, was wrong Was that the went case wrong. with
1: both boys? Or?
0: One, Thomas, who was born uh, second, who had the trouble with the breathing, mm-hmm. he, was, he struggled. In fact, Jonas got out of the hospital earlier than Thomas, so that just was a bigger headache, you know, of teaching and then, you know, staying there late and stuff. It was just, it was crazy. And
1: Well, because your wife is technically on maternity leave. There's no such thing for you. No,
0: I know. And uh, I, I took as much time as I could. And, you know, I was at, at J.B. Young at the time. I was at a new school, teaching middle school, teaching something that I wasn't really qualified. I mean, I was, and so I had stress from that, yeah. teaching in a huge classroom. And just like worried about my kids, worried about my wife. Um, but I remember because it caught us off guard that they were boys too. Yeah. And so, Tommy. The D- I mean, did
1: you even have any like any stuff by that point?
0: Like no, we we kept it kind of neutral. And you know? like my, my wife was a firm believer in not finding out. And I and I appreciated that. I think yeah. having twins was enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm a surprise. And I, I get, it's a funny <laughs> story because I can tell you um, <laughs> we didn't do it the traditional order. I still remember talking to Emily's dad in the living room when I was dating Emily and then just being like, hey Paul, can I talk to you real quick and being like, hey Paul, I just want to let you know that I love your daughter and I, I'd like to I'd like to marry her and he's like, oh great, I'd love to have you and <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. They turned the TV on I'm like, I just waited a little bit <laughs> like the c- next commercial yeah. break I'm like, Paul, one more thing <laughs> she is pregnant uh, and he's like, oh okay, Paul's the best and then he turned the TV back on I'm like, just wait before you turn it on it's going to be twins. Uh, so it was like, I should have just oh kept it gosh. coming. You know what I mean? So it. it How just, long
1: were you together at that point?
0: Uh, about a year. Okay. Yeah, about a year. And uh, it, it just definitely caught us off guard. I yeah. remember, uh, it's so, so funny. Like, I remember when she told me she was pregnant, I was scared. And I, I remember praying. It's been a while since that. And I was just like, give me a sign, God. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you want me to do. And then he gave me twins. I'm like, are you a comedian too? <laughs> like, what right. it, what are we doing here? Uh but in a way, the twins, I think, I know you had, didn't you have someone like that Triplets? Yes. That yes. that always Katie makes Lick me feel like, who year. am I, what am I complaining about? <laughs> right. But I always felt like having twins was a way to sort of stand out still. And the fact that they're boys, um, you know, may, melts my heart too. The fact that, you know, they're daddy's boys. Yeah. We, we have like already have a band. Uh, it's great. But um, I, this is how ignorant I was. I remember going to the ultrasound. This is a true, st- this is like a joke that writes itself. But, I remember going to the ultrasound when Emily was first pregnant and the nurse of the tech was like, oh, I hear two heartbeats and I was scared and I was like, oh my God, my baby has two hearts. <laughs> that I was like, I literally <laughs> said that out loud and I, I remember the nurse looking at Emily and Emily looking at the nurse and like, yep, that's, that's my husband. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh, Cause I, yeah, I remember literally saying that twins did not yeah. make sense to me. Um, so yeah.
1: So 10 years down the road, I mean, they're both healthy, doing yeah. wonderful?
0: Yeah, there was always things. I mean, I remember even when they were out of the hospital and free and clear, uh, there were always things to look for. I mean, when I see them out there on the football field, they look a little smaller, but I don't think it's, like, noticeable. They're the smartest kids in their class. Um, they dominate pull-ups, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just crazy to me that they've come uh, this far and Do you
1: totally blow smoke at them and talk about how they're medical marvels?
0: No, nah, not really. <laughs> uh, I, I try not to make their you know make their heads any bigger than they already are. Right. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to me that I mean it was a really dark period of my life yeah. where I, I just being helpless, you know what I mean? And I always felt like oh here I'm a dad, I'm a dad, and I have one job and that's to protect them and keep them safe. And here I'm looking at them. And just being so helpless and it just really was soul-crushing. I remember confiding a lot in my own dad and just talking to him and just like being I know it sounds silly but I'm like dad I'm blowing it. I don't know what I I don't know how I can do this. I'm already like losing my family but I think it's a testament to you know the human being's like will to live. Do you know what I mean? And just also just medicine and like how, how far we've come and just being patient and so it's just something to be grateful for
1: well and it's it's what you talked about before it's not really it's not supposed to be about you in that moment mm-hmm. so i know a lot of oh. people how many people actually said like hey buddy how are how are you doing are you yeah. holding up yeah. i mean pro- unfortunately probably nobody said that mm-hmm. to you maybe your your parents and it was
0: it's weird for me being a comedian who loves attention <laughs> I mean, it was a, a really big shift, and that's why I think I may have had some of the symptoms of that. Yeah. Uh, what was it parental? What was it called? Uh, Partal? Paternal. Paternal. Yeah. <laughs> paternal
1: postpartum. I know it yeah. sounds
0: silly, but I mean, so <laughs> this is how ignorant I was. Emily has the kids, and then I that she had them like on maybe like on a Tuesday. I had a show Friday and Saturday, so I'm like, "Well, Emily, are you going to be okay? Can I still go to Michigan?" And she was like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, I think so. I don't right. know. Am I like? Right. What, what am roles? I gonna? Yeah, yeah. So I was. That was like probably the biggest mistake I made right away. I, I didn't think. Wait, of did it. you go? No, I didn't okay. go. But here's what here's what was bittersweet about Denise. That that show I was doing was the first time of this new Booker. I've been trying to get in with this Booker guy for like years, similar to Paul Sands. Um And I finally. <laughs> I, didn't say it. I remember you tried Can you
1: zero percent <laughs> to come on this show. I'm so glad to have you. Stop
0: it. <laughs> so, here I got a guy that's gonna have me do comedy for the first time. So, I remember going out to the garage and calling him, and I left a message. And I was just like, So and so, look, um, I just, I just had twins, you know, just I'm, I'm never gonna work for this guy. And he called me back like within 10 minutes, like, What are you doing? Of course, <laughs> you need to stay there. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, yeah, he, he made it clear that I was making the right choice. But yeah. also, I never worked with that guy again.
1: Oh, no, yeah, really? Yeah,
0: it's just part of the business. Yeah. But yeah, oh, well, probably not a good one to work for anyway. Yeah, but,
1: well, probably. Yeah. But, and it was really more important to uh, stay with your wife <laughs> at yes, that, that moment. So, yeah, and, yeah. Gosh, yeah. You're,
0: I'm in so much <laughs> trouble.
1: I just was, She's the job you want to keep, you know? That was the
0: part of depression. I just wasn't thinking. Right, <laughs> gosh, right. Gosh, I, I literally... There are a lot of things I wish I could have done differently. I
1: mean, so from a guy's perspective, like, do you feel like doctors and hospitals should be doing more for the fathers in the situations? Or um, I don't or know. can it just be about us for a freaking
0: minute? <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> Thank you for having me on the show, too, by the way. It's now my welcome. turn to talk. <laughs> 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 Listen up, mothers. Um, no, I don't think so. I honestly would have felt awful. If yeah. I, I had a lot of good support from my friends, and, you know, her, her. my in-laws are great, and my parents are great. They were very supportive. I would have felt <laughs> awful if the nurses came up to me and said anything, uh, you know, are you okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Right. I didn't no, but, I,
1: but I just... I get it. I do wonder, though, I mean, sometimes everything in this country feels like it's like anti-family, mm-hmm. and, you know, workplaces aren't very family-friendly sometimes, and, you know part of part of being family friendly is addressing that there are moms and there are dads too particularly because dads have a much bigger role in the mm-hmm. family than i think they ever have
0: and it's it's just crazy to me too because like uh, another thing i do i do teach and i teach in a high school and i teach speech so a public speaking so a lot of these speeches i hear are about divorces you know single parents dad's not in the picture and I mean, I, to me, that's shocking, but it also seems to be, like, the norm a little bit, you know, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, and it's not always, you know, the mom reason. It's also sometimes it's just the dad, and it's just so crazy, the dynamics sometimes, that these kids are maybe a little lost. And that's one, one thing I try to pride, I pride myself in. Like, me and Emily try to do a good We do a good job of teamwork on working with these kids. But I do notice that Emily, who grew up with a sister, tends to flock to the daughter. Okay. And then I tend to flock to the boys, you know. Tend to, um, and there are a couple moments where I'm left with Ruby, which <laughs> I just like toss her hair. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I give her a noogie. Um, so I'm definitely 12, so it's
1: definitely got to be changing now going into these pre years, years. She is 12 right? going on,
0: yeah, 16, 17. And I'm just, I just beg my wife, but I think it's also, I'm kind of like the break. From the mom, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we have a good relationship. She loves sports too. We can talk about that. Um but yeah, it is it is tricky. I'm trying to I'm trying to take advantage of it right now because I I'm a best friend, she loves me and I know there's gonna be a day where she's gonna wake up and I've already noticed a couple times where dropping her off at school events, I have to like park further away, or I have to drop her off further away, and I'm like, but you don't, they don't want to see my Zumba pants? Like, do you
1: think it's the mustache? Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe it's like actually a law that <laughs> right. I can't drop them off yeah. from Yeah, I'm school. not sure. <laughs> 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 she used to love the way I looked, and now it's just like, I don't know, I can't do my material and stuff. And
1: okay, so do they mind that they are your material?
0: No, I don't think they do. I think they get a kick out of yeah. it. I have become, it's, it's. Weird. I didn't become a really... I don't want to say I'm a great comic, but I didn't become really proficient until I had the kids and the family. Okay. It was weird because when I when I first started, it was all about having a good time and just meeting people and partying. And then when I had the wife and kids, all of a sudden I'm like, I need to get serious about this or else it's going to be taken away from me. Okay. So I really tried to develop um, a, a cleaner act, a family-friendly act. I mean, I'm taboo a little bit, but I, I try not to push the envelope. Uh, not like with French fries or anything, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you might <laughs> you might clean. say wiener a couple <laughs> yeah, of times, <exactly. laughs> but it definitely made me a better comic. Okay. And uh, and it's also you know as a high school teacher, I have to be careful because especially in today's day and age with social media, yeah, which we can talk about too. But uh, social media, you know, the kids will find it, and so I have to be mindful of that. And I don't think I don't think my kids mind, okay. and even my wife, I, God bless her, because when I was first starting, it was all about being single. You know, it was all about single and, and meeting people. Uh, but that took time. It takes like a long time to write a joke, years, two years. And so when I got married, I was still doing the same material okay. because that's what I knew. Yeah. And my wife's was like, no, you can't do that, which <laughs> makes sense. So now it's this kind of fair game. Um, for me, comedy is the best way to deal with having twins, having a daughter, being married, teaching. You know what I mean? This right. Is, comedy is my therapy. It's not... I, I should say it's therapeutic. It's not therapy, you know what I yeah. mean. But it does definitely help overcome these things. When when something bad happens, I will wait a little bit. I'm like, that could be funny. It, it really, truly does. Yeah. You gotta find this. You gotta find the humor and stuff. Like your son sort of moving <laughs> on the side <laughs> of the road. Yeah, I'm well, sure at the time you, know. you probably weren't laughing.
1: Yeah, but you probably are like me a little bit. So like with this show, I have to think about this stuff as it's happening you mm-hmm. know, and file it away in the storage system. So a lot of times, the first thought in my head is. God, this is going to be a great story. You get your pants down on the side of that road, yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. I'm
1: writing it down right now.
0: Please tell that story <laughs> at his graduation, <laughs> wedding, all the above. <laughs> I
1: know. I do often wonder, like, how much i should talk about him on this thing but it's a parenting <laughs> podcast so i'm in a kind of a predicament yeah um okay so i was cruising around and watching some of your videos and i have to be honest the things i liked the most were your vine videos oh, i was dying I over vine. those so that d- that doesn't exist anymore vine
0: got bought out uh i think by twitter or something and now i think the new thing is TikTok, which my boys are into and my daughter but Vine was the best because, you know, living in, you know, Iowa, where I'm from, um, it's not really a hotbed for like comedy and stuff. Uh, Mostly, you know, you got to think New York or LA, but social media has opened up uh, all new adventures for me, you know. So I, but I try to use it as best I can Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things to try to make myself relevant. And one of the things was Vine, which was you only had, I believe, six seconds?
1: Something like that. Six
0: seconds. You'd think I would know how many I've done. But six seconds to shoot a video. And I loved it because my wife, I only get one take with her. So every time we shoot a video, I had to do one and done.
1: Oh, my gosh. You're like my non-Instagram husband. And I'm a
0: perfectionist, too. <laughs> so you know how hard that was? I'm yes, like, Emily, I mumbled yes. a little bit. And I'm sure you're, you can relate, too. It's just like you want to get it right. Right. Can I but just I only stand got one by take. this
1: tree one <laughs> yes, more please. time? I
0: think the sun... <laughs> Made me squint a little Just bit. tell me
1: to just stand. <laughs> My mustache different. was all crooked. Um,
0: <laughs> but with that, you could, I could do selfies and yeah. do videos. And I made it a goal to shoot at least three Vine videos a day. And I, a day? I, oh, not wow. a day, excuse me, a week. Okay, I, was, okay. I wasn't crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I would do about, I would try to do three a week. I would come up with ideas. And then I found it was going away. And I was like, no. So I tried to save them all as many as I could onto YouTube. And yeah, because you had to be creative. And it was great for attention spans, because mm-hmm. it was only a six-second video. Yeah. And I really, I really was proud of my uh, Vine video. Well, those <laughs> made me
1: laugh the hardest, honestly, because I <laughs> learned a few things about you. One, you drive a van. Yes. Um, two, you want to kill your cat.
0: Yeah, we have... To, oh, I'm so sick of my cats. <laughs> like, you really hate your cats. I don't... Well, and now we have, like, three or four cats. Like, one cat is fine, yeah. but multiple cats...
1: Yeah, no. You you you're pretty clear that you would like their their I lives. I feed them to end. and change
0: their litter. I yeah. don't know. This is not a good relationship. That's no. it. They give me no comfort. So a lot of them <laughs> were and pets are the worst. <laughs> as much as my wife hated shooting the one take, cats are so hard to deal with, man. Yeah. Don't ever have a movie with a cat.
1: <laughs> um, I also learned that we have something in common. You're also afraid of the Undertaker on WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He scared me He's really so as a kid. So scary. Yeah, when he popped up in the vine, I was like. <gasps> This
0: guy again. I always like to literally think of The Undertaker <laughs> skipping his job at the morgue to go wrestle for a little bit, That's <laughs> and then coming back and doing finishing up his work.
1: <laughs> so um, I read that you've opened for Jim Gaffigan.
0: Yes, which was a, truly an honor. This was uh, pretty early in Jim Gaffigan's career, but he was pretty well established. Yeah. So I got to open up for him in Champaign, Illinois at a huge theater. I did like 10 minutes in this packed audience. It was like 500, 600 people in this... And
1: 10 you know, minutes in comedy, that's like a lifetime, it right? It is, it is,
0: yeah. It's uh, It's something that's hard to do. I told you that, like, 10 minutes would take, you know, a year, two years to really develop wow. if you really want to do it well. And I just remember Gaffigan, just, just such a student, like, already established, but still, like, going over notes and then going up and doing an hour and 15 minutes on, like, food and just, like, clean and just... Um, I got to hang out with him afterwards, and that was that was truly a thrill to work with him.
1: So, because you guys have your styles are pretty similar, don't I you would, think? Yeah,
0: and that and as much as I love comedy, I try not to watch it that much for two reasons. One, I don't want to copy jokes subconsciously, yeah. uh, you know. And sometimes I hear a, a premise that somebody else is doing, and it just you don't want you don't want to constantly be judging yourself against other people that are on TV. Yeah, and then two, sometimes you you kind of mimic a cadence. Uh, like, I remember back in the day, Mitch Hedberg was one of my favorite comics, and he had a real deadpan. He would just tell. And I remember going up on stage, and I would just subconsciously co- copy that. Yeah. Eggs. And so you try to, you want to try to find your own voice. That's why the mustache could be something that comes into play. Yeah. I traditionally wear a lot of Hawaiian shirts on stage because yes. I just try to be memorable. Plus, I have Schlickteens my last name, which is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they just, hey, the mustache guy was kind of funny. Yeah. So it's all about kind of marketing yourself and standing out. And comedy is such a longevity game. If you can stay in it, you're going you're gonna to be in the right place at the right time. And then hopefully you'll be ready. So that's, that's kind of all. And it's about making connections, too. Like meeting Definitely. you. This is, I mean, truly exciting to be on your podcast. And that's because I met you dozens of listeners. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Tell them to like my Paula Sands. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) I'm starting to get my feelings hurt. Actually. No, it's it's not a joke anymore.
0: This is an honor. I'm going to go back and delete that post eventually. (laughs) Once I get on, (laughs) Right. once you get on, but only once you get on.
1: So, I mean, what, like, what is your ultimate dream then?
0: Ideally, as much as I love teaching and reaching the youth of America, (laughs) I'm not even being sarcastic. Mm -hmm. That was a good tone, I think. Mm -hmm. I would ideally like to do it full time. I would like to focus on comedy full time. And I believe, I truly believe I could. However, my daughter's 12, my boys are 10. They're at crucial ages right now where they're doing a lot of fun stuff. And I want to be there and support them. So what I'm doing is I'm making a decision to continue to teach, <laughs> pay the bills. Um, I do have summers off, which are nice. And me and my wife were really good with we we the last five summers we've alternated between LA and New York. So I'm still getting a taste of like oh, the cool really? scenes. Yeah, and I've made so many connections in my 14, 15 years, making friends, being nice. That's so huge. Like a lot of people aren't nice, right. <laughs> but if you're nice. And then sort of funny, sometimes you get hooked up with really cool shows at New York. Just by being a
1: cool dude. Yeah,
0: I I did a show in New York a couple years ago. It was like eight comics on the stage, eight comics performed. And it was a small little room, but they were great comics. And I went on like third, and I did okay. I thought I held my own, and I got off stage, and somebody shook my hand. They were like, hey, that was really good. I'm like, God, you look so familiar. Who are you? I know you. And then he came on stage. It was Colin Jost of Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. He's like the head writer. And I'm like, God, if I would have known that, I would have held his hand a little bit longer and be like, I got more. I and got more material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's my vines. <laughs> uh, so that was just, that was cool.
1: Yeah. And I
0: know I'm supposed to play it cool, but after the show, I'm like, hey, Colin, can I get a picture with you real quick? So I, it's so cool to meet oh, these guys. Oh, I have too. And then, we, you know, we've been to L.A. at the Comedy Store. I know a lot of people that work at the prestigious Comedy Store, which is like the mecca of comedy, I think, especially in, in the West Coast, and met some cool guys there. So it's just about hanging in there. Maybe trying to maintain my looks a little bit when my kids eventually move out and go on their own, then maybe I can play it off like, "Hey, I'm still young and hip." Uh, (laughs) Best of
1: luck. I've known people that have done (laughs) that. Yeah,
0: just uh, so yeah, I just gotta keep writing and keep maintaining. And you know, the kids always have always give me tons of material. And so I'm, I'm I'm balancing I'm balancing both in social media. I I feel like I utilize that to a good degree and. Try not to get in trouble too much. Try not to push the envelope too much. Try not to be too risky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But just risky enough.
0: Yeah, just risky enough. But I always have... I don't have any lawyers, but I have a list of excuses, like Excellent. What, what I meant by this. <laughs>
1: uh, so. Well, I mean, like you said, social media is crazy. I mean, we just <sighs> had that whole Carson King th- situation. Yes. Which, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, Carson King um, held up a sign during the Iowa-Iowa State mm-hmm. game asking for beer money. It blew up over the course of 18 <laughs> days. Something like
0: $3 million. Almost $3 Almost. million.
1: Yeah, $2.9 million. But along the way... Um, a reporter found some tweets mm-hmm. and the tweets were apparently
0: racist I think yeah, I think he was quoting a show from Tosh Pointno yeah. who was a comedian who's mm-hmm.
1: known for really pushing the envelope and um, so yeah like I feel like a lot of a lot these days comedians are so are really being held accountable for the
0: things that yeah, they say. Yeah, cancel culture. Yeah,
1: are they ruining comedy in well, some I think, ways? Well, I
0: think this is kind of hopefully a phase um, that will eventually phase out. But, yeah, everyone's just so sensitive. Um, Bill Burgess had a really cool special on Netflix where he addressed it. He talked about it, and and he I think he got flack for it. I think he got in trouble for it. Um, Dave Chappelle talked about it too, and it's just crazy. And it's it's got me who I consider myself clean, but I, you know, I, I'm like, have I ever said anything I shouldn't have? So I mean, I've gone back and like, I'm not crazy too far, but nothing nothing bad, I don't think. I mean, there was like two months where I talked about like Sasquatches for a period of time. I was really into like Bigfoot in a little, but I don't think that's gonna be held against me in a way.
1: I don't know, maybe in the future we'll When they discover them, I'll be like, yeah. I told
0: you. Right. But it, it, it is scary. It's, it's a shame. I feel like I've always been the kind of person where I'm not really pushing the envelope off stage. Right. I'm not dirty off stage. So I'm not going to bring that on stage. I'm going to be myself. I'm just going to be kind of an enhanced version of it. And so I, I find that working cleaner helps and you get more work if you can work cleaner. Like this is a big time for me. A lot of corporate shows. A lot of companies okay. will hire me to like do their Christmas parties and stuff. And you know, that's a good moneymaker for me, especially for the kids who need like technology stuff now. Jeez, it's like crazy. But yeah, I hope it well, goes. I hope away. you're it's
1: saving up. Christmas is right yeah, I know. The corner, I'm trying you know? to get
0: gigs. Give me some work. <laughs> Any of these mamas have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> companies that they work for you. But um yeah, it's it's scary. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's gonna change many people though. They'll just kinda have to deal with it. I just think it's was it needed to go back into this Carson? Was it needed to go back? Like why he did a good thing. I know, but I I just don't. It's I mean, so is it foolish that he did that? Probably, 100%, but he's sixteen. Right. I mean, yeah. some of the things I did when I was sixteen was not smart. No, you know? and no, I just think it's kind of unfair. didn't it come out that that reporter who looked him up also has <laughs> these terrible tweets? <laughs> it's, it's never going to end. It's
1: so hard because from the journalistic point of view. All you have to do is get burned once Mm -hmm. by reporting someone as being a great guy because someone will come around and say, you didn't show the real story of this person. And so I understand having looked back, but I think what people maybe miss is that there's a lot of people down the line who approve what you do or um, edit what you do. So this reporter got a lot of flack for kind of just. Perhaps maybe his editor wanted him to put that in. Maybe his oh, editor's editor wanted to put that in. You know, I yeah. don't I don't know anything about it. Um, but I just... I, I feel like you don't know what, what ethical conversations happened in that newsroom. Mm-hmm. And there's a potential that that reporter said, no, I don't want this part of my story. And his boss's boss's boss said, yeah, you need to put it in. I don't know. I'm not trying to let the reporter off the hook. But like, I... I guess maybe it's more like a self-preservation thing where I could imagine having an ethical conversation and my boss thinking one way and me thinking another way and the only person who's going to get flack for it is me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because, I mean, you want to report the facts, right? But you 100%. also want, you want a story. Don't yeah. you want, like, something interesting?
1: Well, see, that's the thing because I don't think that's what they were doing here because they buried it so far down and mm-hmm. they said they did that intentionally. And then the argument also is, well, if you needed, if you felt the need to bury it, like that part of the story didn't why matter, even? then why put it in yeah, at all? Interesting. It, it's just a... It's the whole thing is so strange because at the end of the day, this kid could have easily shut down that Venmo account and nobody would have known how much money was in it. You know what that's I mean? True. Like that first day he got what five, six hundred bucks? He yeah. could have pocketed that five hundred bucks easy and yeah, just that's walked true. away. That's true. That's true. No one would have known how much he gathered. And so at the end of the day, this kid has now
0: done this tremendous thing and And it's like I think also this kid probably wasn't thinking Oh no, I forgot. I had I bet he wasn't even thinking about no. I bet he was like No. I bet that really caught him off guard. And it's you know, I had a little taste of this too because you know, with my twins uh, 3 years ago, they were in a wrestling match. They like they wrestled each other like uh, at a high school tournament. 6 years old, 7 years old, and I thought it would go smooth. You know, it didn't go smooth. Like after Jonas lost, um when Tommy got his hand raised at the end, instead of shaking hands, Jonas punched him in the stomach. and Wait, he f- those were your kids? Those are my boys. Yeah, you didn't know that? You didn't. You should have done that no, research. I, no, but I but <laughs> I watched that
1: video, and I knew I had seen it elsewhere. Yeah. So for some reason, I thought maybe you just posted it because you thought it was no, funny. No, it was my
0: twins. Oh, my gosh. So my I
1: know you've seen this video, listener people.
0: <laughs> my twins <laughs> wrestled each other. They <laughs> begged me. They're like, Dad, we can do it. We can do it. I'm like, okay, but I want you to guys hug no matter what. And as soon as the match started, I'm like, uh-oh. They were pulling hair. They were going all out. And it was close. It was like 8 to 6. It
1: turns into a barroom brawl. My girl. wife
0: was filming. I'm not coaching. <laughs> yeah. Staying out of it. Neutral. And then at the end, when Thomas won, he got his hand raised, and Jonas just saw a lot of meat, I guess, you know, on the side. Yeah. And just took it upon himself to punch it. My wife filmed it. It was only six, seven seconds, just like a Vine yeah. video. And I go... I, was, I remember being so embarrassed because I remember turning the guy behind me like, whose kids are these? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> trying to play it off like I'm not the dad. Yeah. And Emily's just laughing. The boys are fine. It says schlichting down the back of their singlet. So I think mm-hmm. the ref knew. We put it on Facebook. And next thing I know, it was up to like 20,000 views yeah, within the first two days. Up. And 95% positive. People who have siblings, people who raise kids totally got it and thought it was funny. But there was another 5% trolls, I guess you could say, which you know, I belong in prison. I should have never let that happen. My wife's an awful person. And uh. it's just like it was like such a weird feeling Denise because all I've ever wanted is like cool, that much fame and pop, even though I'm not in the video, yeah. <laughs> but still, I was milking it. So for like five days it was the coolest experience ever. Like Dwyer and Michaels, Bob and Tom, uh, all these radio shows. I, it was loving it. and Yeah. But then there were things like, oh, he's a comedian. I bet he made his kids do that. So there was all this, like, suspicion. They found out he was a comedian. Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because after that five days, it just goes away. It's like yeah, that, these it's viral gone. videos, it's like all of a sudden I wake up one day and no tweets, nothing. It's just like, oh, it's such a weird feeling. And that's why maybe a lot of these people that have these reality shows or, like, these vi- like uh, all these kind of quick viral hits... Maybe that's why they kind of go off the deep end a little bit. They're not, they're not used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I even warned. Uh, I'm sure you heard the story about the guy that carried the catfish around. Yes. So I knew that guy. I still know him. Peter's a good guy. And I, when it was all going down, because I, I already knew, kind of, I'm like, Peter, you know what? Take advantage of this. Get, get your life right. But just know that it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a tough sensation. You talk about, you know, being depressed when something's taken away. That's... Yeah. So you're kind of chasing that feeling again. Yeah. And you you just wanted. this is what, like, famous people must deal with every single day. Yeah. This constant attention, which you want, but also... Mm They definitely dig. And my wife felt the need to address every single person that commented on the YouTube video. So I'm yeah. like, Emily, we can't win here. You just got to let them go. And right.
1: Because nobody's looking for their mind to be changed.
0: No, exactly. You and know, these people probably could probably don't have kids, probably just sitting at home just waiting to ruin mm-hmm. a funny experience. My kids are fine. You know, it was a, um, but the one thing that's great so every wrestling season, it's coming up here in a little bit. Guess what I get to do? I repost that video. Yep. <laughs> just like, hey, guys, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> remember me? Oh, you every know, wrestling I season. I know we
1: ran that video on the news, <laughs> and I don't even think we made the connection that it was somebody local.
0: You may have. I think you did. Did we? I think you did. Um, because I remember news people, I'm, I'm always getting interviewed by yeah, news, so news it's like I constant. get them mixed up. Who right. knows? But I think you guys did interview <laughs> did us. Did we? Yes, okay. you came to our house. You met. <laughs> I met my cat and uh, <laughs> the interviewed cat. the boys. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm so, positive. okay, now
1: I gotta look back. yeah yes. Yeah, so I'll send it to you. T- I have. Oh, it, trust me, I watch it is. every morning. <laughs> I'm just <to> <laughs> like like when I was up famous. The day. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how hard it was to like shoehorn myself into that whole story? Like I do comedy. Right. <laughs> like, just constantly. Hey, October fifth. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, have you ever had like a like a like a Hollywood heartbreak moment? Like a, like you were so close to getting like a dream part or something?
0: <sighs> I've had a couple of incidences. Um, where I had an opportunity to work with a good comic and it just fell through. I think the one thing that doesn't bother me, it just it just makes me wonder what could have happened. There was a, a buddy of mine here. He was from Clinton, Dubuque area, somewhere around here, but young comic, and I helped him in my help him do comedy. We we'd work together and uh, young kid. So I stayed here and you know, had kids, got married. He went on to like Chicago and Kansas City and then he goes to LA. So he goes to LA and within like the first year, a couple of months he's there, he gets he's in the right place at the right time, gets discovered. That he gets in this Montreal Comedy Festival, this New Faces, and he's calling me the whole time and telling me about it and I'm loving it, but I'm also like changing yeah. diapers and long story short, he calls me one day and he's like, "Hey Chris, I'm getting flown to New York to audition for SNL." And I'm like, awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. And I never really believed it until that one, I still like that one day or that one night sure enough featuring my buddy. I'm like, oh my god, he's really on SoundCloud Live. Now no, he was only on it for like a year. He okay. didn't last very long. Um, Because that's a tough it's a tough show. But they'll never be able to take that away from him. So he will have um, as as seen on Saturday Night Live, you know what I mean? Oh, he'll exactly have that as, yeah. credit and he'll oh, get tons yeah. of work like, uh, I'll, I mean I'll have this as my credit which is going to help, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. not the same as yeah. Saturday Night Live. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm not trying oh, to be no, no, no. mean. Uh,
1: no, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but like it's about accumulating credits and yeah. then he got on Conan O'Brien and he just got, so I'm just watching this kid and I'm so, so supportive of him, but it's also, it's just breaking my heart and just knowing that I could have been that close. But with that said, I, I still talk to him. I still have a conversation. In fact, when I went to New York, I, I asked him, okay, I'm going to be in New York. Do you have any shows? He got me that show where I met Colin Jost. Yeah. I was out in L.A. Uh, last year. He got, I was on his podcast, and it's just he hasn't forgotten about me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, so I appreciate that. But I'm not going to be that person that's like, hey, can you hook me up? Can you, I want to earn it. I, I firmly believe that, because yeah. I could. I could ask him, and I bet he'd even help. But I want to kind of earn it on my own. and so. But also, isn't that
1: what network is, networking's all about, though? True, too. and I've, I've used you him know?
0: to a degree, but I'm not going to... And it's it's weird. That's the one thing about L.A. and New York, but even the comics that you love, like Gaffigan all these guys, they're all struggling. They're all st- constantly trying to stay. Yes. You know, Gaffigan had a show for a little bit, and that's no more... I mean, they're always struggling. And the comedy store, you go to this place, and there are comics that you've seen on TV that have their own shows that are trying to get on a show that can't. And it's just mind-boggling to me that actually the only two people that get, from what I hear, the only two people that get a green light. So if they show up anytime, Dave Chappelle. Okay. Dave Chappelle shows up on a Wednesday, says, I want to do an hour, he gets it. And then Joe Rogan. I don't know okay, Joe Rogan's got yep. that famous mm-hmm. podcast, too, yeah. and he's just another guy. So those are the two guys that get automatically greenlit and stuff. So I don't know. It's just kind of everyone's struggling. All the, you know, our waitress, our waiter, our busboy, all actors, all comedians. It's just saturated with people trying to make it. And sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time. And that's what I kind of feel about my buddy. He may not have been that ready. I mean, three years into it, four years, it's not a long time. Right. And I think it just really overwhelmed him, and he still got that credit and i I still love him to death, and I'm still proud of him, but I also think like <laughs> i if I would have like came with him or some somehow, and I love the quad cities, I love raising kids here and stuff, but I do have to kind of sacrifice that opportunity, which my kids will pay me back by making an n f l or a hundred percent, yeah. Being president or something, right? <laughs> well,
1: the Quad Cities, like, th- there's no formal comedy club. Yes. There's no huge comedy scene. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. A mm. lot of them are comedians who have podcasts, and they're
0: always talking about where they're touring, mm. and it ain't here. Yes, and I had the luxury of being here when we did have a, a Penguins comedy club. That
1: was in the freight house, right? Yeah,
0: so it was at the freight house, and it was also in a casino kind of in the Bettendorf area, I forget which one that's called, but um, so when I first started doing comedy in college in the Cedar Rapids area, I went to Cornell College, small, Mount Vernon area, but Cedar Rapids was right there, so they had penguins there, so when I was in school, I was doing comedy there, and then I came home for the summer, I was doing comedy at penguins. Not even necessarily doing comedy, but you just stay in that environment, you sit there, you talk to comics, you network, and that was so good for me, and then like that, it went away. Luckily, I was pretty far and long into the comedy game where I could travel and I had good hookups. But I feel sorry for all the comics here because there's not really nothing here. And that's, can we segue into the Renwick Mansion? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I I have buddies that bought this Renwick Mansion, which is a a historical building uh, down in downtown Davenport area, Tremont Street. And it's just this beautiful building. They do weddings. They do musical things, musical acts, uh, graduations. And I approached my friends about possibly doing a comedy show. So we did a comedy show. I headlined it. It it went fine. It was good. It was fun. It was a narrow, intimate venue, like the living room and dining room. And we did that about two years ago, and we've been doing it ever since. And uh, I just get comics that I've met along the way get them passing through. You know, if you're coming from Chicago to the west or whatever, I just say, hey, do you want to do another gig on a Sunday? I give you a place to stay. You get the door. I just want to do comedy and get out of the house for a little bit. Yeah. So it's a win-win for them. They get money. They get a place to stay. And now it's gotten to the point where comics are like reaching out to me, which it's like, Denise, it's great, but it's always it's kind of bittersweet, because I promised myself I would never Book comedy shows because I want, and I would never teach a comedy class. I felt that that was just too lame. Okay. But this is so low maintenance. I would I MC, so I do comedy up front, like ten minutes, and yeah. I'm always trying to do new things. And then it's a bunch of local people, usually lo- local comics, maybe a couple people from Chicago, Milwaukee, or you know, I've had people coming from Omaha, and then I get these like road dogs, these cool comics, these people that have shows. I mean, I got Matt Bronger coming in this Sunday, because this will be released Thursday, right? Yes. So Matt Bronger has been on Mad TV. He has, I think he has three comedy specials on Amazon. He's been on Conan. He's like one of my favorites. So I'm really excited to bring him in. I'm actually going driving to Des Moines Sunday. So I, <laughs> I'm at Penguin's Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids, Friday and Saturday. Okay. I'm working there. So I'm teaching, driving up, driving, you know what I mean? Being there for yeah. the kids. It's just the commitment you have to make. And then Saturday, I'm driving to Des Moines. Saturday night, driving to Des Moines, picking up Matt, bringing him back here, and then I got to bring him back after the show to the airport. Oh my so god! I'm just doing it though because yeah. that's I I can do that, and I'm willing to do that for comedy. You know what I mean? So, really busy weekend. I'm excited about it. Um, just a lot of stuff going on. That's why I'm excited to be on this to promote the show yeah. a little bit too.
1: Okay, so um, it, do you guys have shows every Sunday or? It's
0: very sporadic okay. because of uh, the weddings and stuff. That's yeah. that's that's important. Like we, that's the big moneymaker for them. So they understand that. Even though the comedy, they love it. They want to do it all the time. So we try to do them about twice a month. And I, I post it on Facebook. You guys can follow me on my Facebook page. And then the Renwick Mansion at the Renwick Mansion. They always do a good job of posting it. But it's called Tomfoolery on Tremont. That's the best name we came up with, <laughs> and I really regret it. But we're like 34 into it right now. Yeah, and we can't get, change just it. Just gotta own it so now. We call it Tot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just MC. It. It's really chill. It's really laid back. And this is kind of a, another interest, which it be in October now. Supposedly the mansion is haunted. Okay. So how I sell this to comics is hey, the mansion is also spooky and possibly haunted. So you do comedy, you stay at a haunted mansion. After the show, we we explore, we ghost hunt. I lead the tour, and I just lie through my teeth about Great. where the bodies were found and stuff. Um, and we just have a good time. It's it's a really unique experience, and that's why I keep telling people, like hey, like, like, this should be promoted. This yeah. is a hidden gem, and I don't understand... The music scene has been growing in the Quad Cities, and I love the music scene here, but I just feel like the comedy scene should have its due, too. You know what
1: I mean? 100%. And I
0: never wanted this. I never wanted to be the person. I'm not saying I am the person that's revolutionizing in a mansion. It's been done. But uh, I just feel like I'm doing it for my own peace of mind, too, because if I don't do these shows, what am I supposed to do? Right. Do you know what I mean? I can go to open mics and travel, but this keeps it home and it helps friends and it's just a really cool unique venue so.
1: well and it's I mean comedy is about carving out your own little spot for sure and so you've done that yeah
0: so and I just love uh, Kevin Pollock, famous actor comedian does a lot of impressions he was like unusual suspects and a few good men but started off as a comic he just I love this quote I live by he's like don't wait create don't wait create and I just I live by that I try to live by that but uh, I shouldn't wait for my ship I'll go swim out to it I'll yeah. go create my own thing and that's what I've been doing and I love it's very low maintenance I I always ask these comics I'm like yeah yeah you're funny but are you nice are you a nice person I just don't want you to be a jerk <laughs> like yeah, come don't here come and here. just be be you know mean and stuff just, funny's fine you'd be funny but are you nice <laughs> are you going to be fun to hang out with and it's we've developed kind of a little niche and it's really fun Dane and Sarah Moulton are the owners of the mansion and they just trust me and uh yeah it's it's pretty fun it's it's, a, it's an exciting show you definitely have to check it out okay so remind people time and place again okay so this sunday uh which is october sixth. okay matt bronger is coming in big name uh, you can get tickets online they're they're 30 but he's worth it um and then so that'll be at eight o'clock the doors open at seven they do like a little happy hour at seven eight o'clock's the show lasts about an hour hour 15 minutes at the most and I MC it, so I'll do ten minutes up top. I got a couple of local people, uh, Donnie Townsend, Andrew Klein, and then a couple comics from Peoria, and then Matt Bronger will bring it down, bring down the house. So okay, really excited. so you
1: have um, a Facebook page, also the Schlick Team. Yeah,
0: Schlick Team, S C H L I C K T E A M, because my name's Schlichting, <laughs> and I've made it like a you're on my team. A lot of things which I. <laughs> <laughs> wish I could take mm-hmm, back. Um, right, but now I'm too far in. I have. I got to keep these 16 Whenever fans that follow me. Whenever I see the team, I think you're a realtor. You know I what should, I mean? I like should, we I should sell go into your <laughs> home, and if not, we'll buy it. <laughs> so you can find all my information <laughs> on there. And like I said, corporate time, a holiday time. If you guys need anybody for like a Christmas party, a holiday party, I've done graduations. I've done after proms, which I don't want to do anymore. So don't ask me about that. Um, <laughs> But I'm a come on if cleanup. the price is right. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Basically, it's like teaching a class again. Yeah. I can do it, but uh, there's nothing like doing uh, high school after like three o'clock in the morning, when just trying to keep the kids in there
1: Mm-mm.
0: and telling jokes about your cat.
1: No. They love
0: that. <laughs> but you're right.
1: When are you going to be on Paula Sands? When can we watch?
0: I think I think it's scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm All just right. going to show well, up, yeah. though.
1: <laughs> I think you should. Hey, Paula! <laughs> it's me! <sighs> Chris, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. And, it's been a And um, thanks for uh, opening up a little bit about dad stuff. Yes, for sure. I think that's really cool. So um, get some more dudes to listen to this.
0: <laughs> I will do my best. Okay,
1: cool. Thanks so much,
0: Chris. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network.
1: Tribune Audio Network. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa playsets. sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.